So here's the thing. The prodigal son was bold. He was audacious. He decided to go ahead and ask his dad for his portion of the inheritance and say, you know what? Let me have mine now. I don't want to wait until you die. Give it to me now. And then he immediately said, I'm out. Love y'all. Peace. I'm gone. He had too much fun. He was wasteful. He kicked it with people he didn't need to. All of these things, he lived beneath what his call was. He lived beneath who he was born and raised to be. And he did not come into himself until he was in the gutter of the gutter. But what do you do if you're ever in that place where you finally look around and you say, I am above this. This is not who I'm called to be. This is not my character. This is not how I was raised. This is not how my heavenly father wants me to be. What do you do? Do you do like the prodigal sons where he has a whole conversation in his head and he really is pumping himself up and say, look, I'm going to go ahead and talk to my dad and this is what I'm going to say. I'm going to say, look, I've sinned against you. So basically, I'm sorry. I sinned, I sinned against you in heaven. I'm sorry. Let me start over. Will you be bold enough to go back to your father? Bold enough to allow the Holy Spirit to open your eyes? and position your heart and mind to have a place of humility? Or will you stay there in the pigs because your pride and arrogancy won't allow you to see who you truly are? Let's talk. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back to Conquering Me Podcast. I am Jennifer Jefferson. Here on Conquer Me Podcast, we talk about the joys of developing a personal relationship with Christ. Our walk should be personal. Our walk should be all about us learning more about Christ and how do we reflect him here on earth because we want people to come into the kingdom and God wants us to be full. He wants us to be whole. He wants us to be saved, delivered. He is our redeemer and our restorer. So this is where we talk about all the beauties of developing a personal relationship with Christ. And one of the ways that the Holy Spirit has taught me over the years is in order for us, and I'll say this specifically for me, in order for me to continue to grow, I need to have a heart of submission and a heart of humility. Also have a um, heart to always be exposed. Be exposed to myself. I say this often, people who I talk to, they'll hear me say, I'll pray, God expose me, me to me, right? Don't, don't let me be out in these streets looking crazy, Jesus but expose me to myself in our quiet time. So this is why prayer is important. Studying our word of God is important. Before we become the evangelists and the preachers and teachers that maybe we see or that we believe and we're so busy trying to correct others, allow the word of God to rinse you first, to cleanse you first, to purify you. So this is what we do here on this podcast. And so we are continuing our discussion about the prodigal son. The first week, um, this is going to be part three, 
the first week we kind of had like a little pinpoint of the overall story. And once again, the prodigal son parable is found in Luke 15 verses 11 through 32. So the first week we have a pinpoint of what each perspective was from the prodigal son, the father, and then the older brother. Last week, we went a little bit deeper into the perspective of the older brother, the one who was the faithful one, the one who was always serving, always working and grinding, the one who was the obedient child, but yet he felt neglected. This week, we are going to talk a little bit more about the prodigal son. And I haven't heard that message preached in a while. I felt like when I was growing up back in the day, that message was preached often about the prodigal son and encouraging the wayward child to return, encouraging that child that went out there and squandered their inheritance to come to the kingdom, come back into um your father's arm, I, I remember hearing that often growing up was like, your, your father is standing right there with open arms, right? And so that was the story and how I remember it preached regarding the prodigal son. But what's interesting is when we go back and look at the prodigal son, the prodigal son, some of his characteristics were really things that were really good, but yet he was tempted by the enemy by his own selfish desires. And I don't want us to miss that because a lot of times it's just always presented as that lost child. But the question is, why was he lost? The prodigal son was in the kingdom, but decided that what was there, literally in the kingdom, he was the king's child. So let's, let's bring this back home. We know people, or maybe some of us are that, or we were that. We were in the kingdom. We know we were in the protection of God's arm. We were doing the things that God has called us to do, but yet that wasn't enough. That was not enough. And so we say, you know what, God? I'm going to take all that I know of you, and I'm going to go out here and do what I want to do. I'm going to go out here and use the wealth of knowledge and healing or whatever it is. Some of us, it could be, could be our gifts and talents. It could be whatever it is. And we say, you know what? Doing this thing and being in the kingdom is not enough. And that's really what it was. The prodigal son had a position of is not enough. He was that bold child that came to his father and said, give me what I want. Give me my inheritance. Give me what you have promised me. And then I'm going to go out and go do what I want. And here, I want us to, don't, don't misunderstand this. Was he wrong for doing this? Yes. But I look at how bold he was to even come to his father. So now that brings to my attention when the scripture says that I can boldly come to the throne. But the question is, what are we boldly coming to the throne with? When I go before my heavenly father, what am I asking? Am I asking for things and benefits from God that will not give him the glory? So some of us, we can all see in some ways, maybe, you know, yes, we still go to church and we still all these things. And, but that job that we have boldly asked him for, but yet we're not doing, we're not paying our tithes and offerings. That family that we have boldly prayed for, and we asked for, but yet we're not treating them with the glory and the respect and the honor of God. 
we boldly asked God for this car and we saved up and we did what we need to do. And now we stunting on everybody. And now we are allowing this thing to be our source of pride in our arrogance. So a lot of times we, we really position the prodigal son as someone who has left the kingdom altogether. Right. And that's what it says. It really does. Right. But I want to just give a different perspective because he boldly came to his father and asked his father what he wanted. And we know that the Bible says, ask and ye shall receive, seek and ye shall find, knock and the door shall be open unto you. God is such a gracious God. And, and it's in the Old Testament. I cannot think right now specifically what chapter. I want to say it's in Genesis when the, uh, the children of Israel were asking for a king. That is not what God's desire was. He never intended for them to have a king. But because, but because they kept asking over and over and over and over, he said, here, cool. I will allow it. So sometimes when we have heard preachers or teachers use the terminology of God's perfect will and his permissive will, things that he allows, right? So let's go back to the prodigal son. It was not the, the father's heart's desire for his son to go out into the world because he understood what was there. He understood what was out there. But because he is such a gracious and wonderful father and he did say, asking you shall receive. So whatever you ask, okay, cool. That's how it is. Go ahead, do what you got to do. But what the prayer is for any of us that have asked anything and we have boldly come to the father and God has answered our prayers as we go out if we have squandered it, if we have turned it into an idol, if we have done anything that is against the glory and the magnification of God and who he is, I pray that we come to ourselves. I pray that our eyes are open. And I always, I want to reiterate where this parable is found. The parable is found in Luke 15, 11 through 32. And I want to specifically go to another scripture about our eyes being opened and our eyes are being opened. And it says in Acts 26 and 17 through 18, I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. And I'm sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sin and place among those who are sanctified by my faith. We have to ask the Holy Spirit when we see our brother and sister in Christ straying away in any form or fashion, God open their eyes. Let them be exposed to the power of Satan in their lives. Because the prodigal son had everything that he desired. Here's the thing as children of God. And when the moment, the moment we have accepted Jesus Christ as our personal savior, as our savior, we now have access to the entire kingdom. This is why Jesus says that I no longer will call you a slave, but now I've called you a friend. And when he says, I call you a friend because a master does not confide in his slave, but he confides in us. So that means that Jesus is telling us the secrets of our heavenly father. So when we go to our father, 
God himself, because we are saved, he sees the blood of Christ. He sees the sacrifice of Christ. He said, oh, they're mine. So what they about to ask me, I got to give because he's not God. It's not a man that he shall lie. Right. So he's not going to lie. He has to hold true to his promise. But the thing is, some of us are not in full knowledge of God's promise or we're still operating in a level of ignorance or operating a level of selfishness where being in the kingdom is not enough. Being a child of God is not enough. Here's a transparency moment. When I, um, I started therapy, I remember I went to this wonderful counselor. This is when my husband and I lived in Atlanta, Georgia. I was going through a lot of things and I realized that a lot of my trauma and pain that I went through in life, I needed to deal with. I felt stuck. I felt like I was just running in circles. I was busy. I was building my career in real estate, but yet I just did not feel, I just felt like a hamster on that wheel, just constantly running, but going nowhere. And I didn't like what was happening within me. I felt it. Right. So I remember praying. I was doing a lot of praying and fasting and it was like the Holy Spirit just said, you need it start. It's time to start counseling. And I prayed specifically for a woman of God, for a, a person who was a believer. And at first, to be honest with you, I didn't care if it was a man or a woman. I just needed someone who was of faith. I just needed someone who understood where I was in my faith, because if I start to uh, tell you about my faith walk and if you don't understand how serious this is, you can unknowingly place doubt in me. And so now I'm battling doubt. I'm already vulnerable because I'm in a healing process. So now you're giving me advice, a.k.a. medication. That is not good for my soul. And so now there's another demon I have to fight. So I specifically prayed, God, I want to connect with someone who is a person of faith. But then also I prayed for the person. I literally was on Google searching. And every person, I'm like, God, is this it? This person? Da-da-da-da-da. And it was like, nope, nope. And I prayed and I kept praying because I said, God, there is a specific person that you have called to be with me, to help me with this. I'm not trying to seek after any type of wise counsel. I want the wise counsel that is from you. So the Lord allowed me to connect with this wonderful woman. And I remember in one of the sessions, it was nothing but the Holy Spirit. She looked at me and she said, Jennifer, is being a child of God enough for you? And that question kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, what? And I remember looking to the sky and I was very honest. And I said, no, it's not. Now, here's the thing. I am so glad I said my truth because the Bible does say the truth shall set you free. They that worship, another scripture says they that worship me must worship me in spirit and truth. I had to deal with the ugly truth. The truth is not always pretty. I had to deal with the ugly truth that was within me. I wanted all the blessings of God. See, some of us, we may not be a prodigal son in the physical state, but spiritually, mentally, and emotionally, we are there. Being a child of God is not enough. We say, God, I see all these blessings, but I want to go do it my way. I don't want to follow the instructions of the king. I don't want to stay within the, the, the safety of the kingdom. 
and the walls. It doesn't matter how large or big it is because my eyes were blind. And so when she asked me that question, it did hit me and I said no. And I was real honest about that. And then I felt bad. I was like, whoa, you've been saved for this long. This is my internal conversation. I've been saved this long and being a child of God was not enough. It was because I did not understand it fully. I was still in this very entitled child mindset, which is what prodigal son was. Some of us are very entitled. We understand that God is a loving God. We understand that he is a forgiving God. We understand that he is a gracious and merciful God. We understand all of these things. So this is why we keep doing what we're doing, because we know that once I say, God, forgive me. He places right. He his arms are always open for us. At that time in my life, I can honestly say that I was selfish and entitled within my walk with Christ. Now, from the outside looking in, a lot of people would look at me and say, not Jen. Jen came to church all the time, loving her husband and her children. But see, there was this internal thing happening. Remember, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So there was this internal thing happening to where I kept being so easily pulled away by my fleshly desires, how I wanted to run my life, how I wanted to build my businesses, how I felt like I should be able to communicate and live and all these things instead of truly submitting my ways to God, submitting my heart to God. But the problem was just like with the prodigal son, when he went back to his father, Before he went back, he had this whole pep talk in his head about how he was going to talk to his dad and how all of these things were. But you can tell in his speech that he really did not know his father. And this is what we're going to do. I want to go to Luke 15, um, not 11, but 15 and 17. And this is the prodigal son. This is once again, Jesus is telling this parable. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. Now let's move to verse 21. And the the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven before you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. 22 says, but the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robes and put put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. When the son came back to his father, he had a whole speech in mind, and he was feeling terrible, feeling bad, guilty, shame condemnation, just feeling unworthy. And when he had this whole speech in his mind, I'm going to tell my dad, I'm sorry. I am not even worthy to be called your son. Put me where the servants are. But because he did not know his father's heart, that's why he said that even in his mind. But then also what he actually spoke. But the blessing of the father is, He revealed to his son what his true heart's nature is. And he said, go get a robe for my son. Because a father was so happy that his son returned. When 
we confess our sins to God in any aspect. When we say, oh my gosh, I have been selfish. I have been entitled. I have been arrogant. I have been prideful. I have been all of these things that we confess to God. God is not saying for us to start over. He's saying, yes, come sit in your rightful place. Sit with me because you are my child and my son, my daughter. He never left us nor forsake us. And so when I had that epiphany of being a a child of God was not enough, it took me a minute for that to really sink in. Like, oh my gosh, what am I saying? Because I felt like there was more out there for me because I only saw God through the limitation of the church. I was not seeking God for who he was. I kept, I was so blinded by my pain and so blinded by so many things that I did not see the beauty nor the royalty that was on my life. I didn't fully understand it. I understood it. I heard the scriptures and I, but it wasn't, it wasn't deeply within my heart because see that ugly stuff had to come out and I had to confess my truth. I was. I was pulled by, for like a lot of us specifically within this country, pulled by the desires of what a good life looks like. Meaning making a certain income, your house looks this type of way, you're going here and there, you're being able to travel how you want to and blah, 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 blah. So I felt like I needed to go out there and get it. I needed to get it. Instead of me realizing that if I continue to seek the wisdom and the knowledge of God, if I continue to submit my ways to my heavenly father, not only will he expose me on how to live this life of abundance, but yet my heart will be in the right position. So I was taking things and being drawn away by my own desires to be wealthy, to look a certain way. I was drawn away. And here was the thing. All of this stuff was causing more frustration. It was causing more anger. It was causing me to be stuck. It was causing me to fuss at my husband. It was causing all of this stuff. Because I did not understand the beauty of being a child of God. James 1, 13 through 15 says, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. The prodigal son was pulled away by his own selfish desires. Some people say it was um, an arrogance. He was prideful. He felt like he he knew it all. All of these things that were, that pulled him away from the safety of being in the kingdom. So let's take a moment to look at the prodigal son differently. And and examine yourself in your life. What have you allowed the desires of your life and desires of your flesh? 
to pull you away from God's perfect will and being in the safety of the kingdom of God. Yes, you still believe, because here's the thing, though, this whole lost son thing was about someone who was already connected to the father. But if you look at yourself, you may not say, well, I'm not a full prodigal son. But do you have some of his ways? Where you're asking God, God, I want this. And then when you get it, you do what you want to with it. You have not consulted God. What you're doing, does it give God the glory? Does it bring people into the kingdom? Does it represent Christ? All of these things. And we can say, oh my gosh, because the Bible does say his gifts are without repentance, right? So even your gifts that God has given you, are you using it for the glory and the honor of God? I realize even when it comes to money, let me say this, that there is a gift and a purpose for money on this earth. But the enemy was pulling me away to make money an idol. And the Bible talks about money in one particular scripture about it. It calls it mammoth. You cannot serve mammoth and God. And mammoth is referred in this context is talking about money. I cannot serve money and God. But God has placed the gift of understanding money and how to manage money and how to obtain money. That has something that even my mom would always say, you just always had that even as a child. You knew how to earn money. You knew how to save money. You would put your money away to ties and offering you would. She said, I've never seen a child just like save their birthday money and only spend like a poor, like a small portion of it. That was something that was naturally in me. But the enemy took what was naturally in me and was tainting it and making it seem like it was basically perversing it, right? Made it nasty because nothing should be any God. There is no other God before our living savior, no other God. So because we kept going through financial ups and downs, I was like, oh no, honey, I'm gonna fix this. I got this. But I wasn't seeking God's wisdom continuously. And because the church has taught a lot of different ways regarding money, instead of putting it in this rightful place, it was either praised too much or it felt like money was a bad thing. So I was in this place of, I just didn't know how to even tackle this, right? I didn't even think to myself at the time, study what the word of God says about this. So the enemy allowed my pride. Well, let me say this. I allowed my pride and my ignorance. And this desire for more to pull me away from the safety of God. But yet I was going to church. Yet I was praying. I was going to Bible study. I was in the choir. But just like the prodigal son, what were you asking? And that's the thing. What was I asking during that time? The prodigal son did not ask for the heart of God. He didn't ask, Father, let me know what your thoughts are. I want to have my inheritance now. What do you think? He just said, no, I want my inheritance. And the moment he got it, he was out doing his own thing. He didn't say once he, it didn't even say in the parable. All right, God, 
I got what I needed from you. But uh, so tell me what I need to do with this. How often are we asking God for something, but yet we're not including him in the process on how to manage it, how to grow it, how to make sure whatever we just have received glorifies him. And then also we have to start examining our language and our prayers. Am I asking more for the hand of God versus the heart? And that's when the Lord began to expose me during that time when I realized that being a child of God wasn't wasn't enough. And here I want to make this clear. I wasn't always there. There was a time in my life before all of this to where I was always praying, God, show me your wisdom. Give me your words. Give me your heart. All of these things. But because life hit. Things start to my prayers start to uh, slowly but surely change. But I'm so grateful. That he is such a gracious God and he is a loving God that any time we come to ourselves and we repent and we ask the Holy Ghost uh, to guide us back to our father and we ask our father for forgiveness and we have to turn. Remember the prodigal son, he came from out of there. He came from out of those streets and went back into the kingdom. So when he turned, he came with humility in his heart. And sorrow in his heart and say, I'm sorry. His father said, go get the robe for my son has returned. I want us, as I pray, to think about areas in our lives where we have asked God for certain things. And we have decided to not include him on the process once we have received it. My prayer is that the, enemy, that the Lord begins to sh- open your eyes to the hands of the enemy and how the enemy has played any of us in a ways to slowly but surely pull us away from the perfect will of God. My prayer is that the Holy Spirit opens our eyes and get us out of darkness to any area any area where we are not allowing the light of Christ to be revealed. God, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for your word that has gone forth, God. We thank you. I pray that we continue to have a heart of openness and receptiveness towards you and your word and your truth so that we may be whole and healed so that we understand that this is a continuous process. And God, we will not, we will not, once we are, once the truth has been revealed to us, and once we understand that we need to turn from our ways, we will not allow the spirit of guilt and shame and condemnation to consume us. Because your word says in John 3, 16 and 17, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have an eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Through him, through Christ Jesus, we are redeemed. We are saved. So every time you are not, here's the thing, Lord. 
you just don't save us from the moment we say yes to you, but you continue to redeem us. You continue to restore us and you continue to heal us and give us revelation and understanding and wisdom. God, let our hearts be open. And God, we thank you for when we turn, we will run back to you fast and we will stand in our rightful place and we'll be bold about proclaiming your love and your forgiveness. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And this prayer, the second prayer goes for anyone who does not know Christ. We thank you, Lord for this person who was listening, who does not know you, but they want to be saved. They wanna know you as their personal savior. So God, we ask that they repeat after me, Lord, come into my life. I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you died and rose for me. Please forgive me of my sins. In the name of Jesus, amen. If you have believed that and you've said that, allowed and you've confessed that we are rejoicing with you heaven is rejoicing god is rejoicing honey look i need you to understand your heavenly father is like yes one of mine has been restored i just read john 16 uh, 3 and 16 for he gave his only begotten son for god gave jesus christ for all of us to come back to our rightful place do not allow sin in any shape or form to keep you from sitting in your rightful place in the kingdom of God. I love you all. I pray that you all have learned something. I pray that we all are continuing to grow and strive to be students of the word and be like Mary at the feet of Christ so that we may proclaim the gospel that will bring people in. I love you all and speak to you next Friday.